Welcome back to the Pearls and Pearls podcast. I'm your host, Peter Kay. I hope you guys are doing well. I cannot believe we are in the last days of 2022. Soon we're gonna start saying 2023. Honestly, it's just so weird. Last week I had a cold, which just wiped me out. My nose is still a little bit blocked and I still feel like my voice sounds a bit nasally. But here I am, I really wanted to just record this episode and get it out. By the time this comes out, it'll be the 24th of December. I'm actually recording today on the 23rd and I'm gonna get this edited later and scheduled for tomorrow. Apologies for having this out late, but I was sick and unfortunately, I just couldn't record. I mean, I could, but I would not sound great. And if I'm lazy now, just imagine me last week. But anyways, I thought for this episode, I'd kind of do a 2022 wrapped and just share some life lessons that I've had this year and just kind of recap the year with you guys. So right now you're probably preparing for your Christmas dinner, maybe you're cooking, you're shopping as you're listening to me. Whatever you're doing, let's recap this year together. So this year, 2022, has definitely been a year. I feel like there's just been a lot of anxiety. There's been a lot of uncertainty this year, especially financially for majority of people. Inflation has been at an all-time high and I think for me also being now at an age where I actually see the impact of inflation, you know, inflation is something I've heard about growing up but it's never something I really felt the effects of whereas now I can literally see inflation increasing. I can see it when I go grocery shopping, I can see when I'm going in the stores and I'm buying things and I'm thinking what? This is the price, I don't want to pay this. I can really see inflation in real time as I'm doing my shopping, as I'm going about my daily life. And it's such a weird space to be in. I feel like in our lifetime, there's been a lot of firsts, especially those of you that you're probably in your 20s and 30s. There's been so many things that have now been happening in our lifetime that we've never seen before. Even those of you in your 40s as well. And this year, cost of living has increased rapidly. Energy price cap, especially if you live here in the UK, has been wild. It's been changing every three months increasing and I recently got an email I think it was sometime this week actually saying that it's going to increase again in January and one thing I'm definitely grateful for in the midst of all this chaos and this inconvenience (laughs) um that's probably the lightest word that I could use for this whole situation is I'm grateful for the fact that throughout this year all my bills have been paid I've not lacked anything I've not had to go hungry. I've not had to, you know, sacrifice something that I really need. And I'm definitely grateful for for that because I know that financially this year has been very difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people have struggled to make ends meet, to pay their bills, even to be able to put food on the table. So I'm definitely grateful that this year I was able to do that. And I don't take that lightly and I don't take that for granted. Also, we've had a revolving door in Parliament. You know, we had a Prime Minister, she lasted less than 90 days, then we have a new Prime Minister, and there's just been so much uncertainty. All this political uncertainty that we've had has definitely impacted even more so on the financial markets, which has impacted us as well. And it's definitely shown me how connected everything is, but I don't want to bore you with politics and financial markets because you're probably not interested in that. But one thing that is for sure is that the level of financial uncertainty that we've had this year, interest rates continually being increased to kind of try to curb inflation, which hasn't really worked much. There's been so many strikes. Oh yes, let's talk about the strikes. I have never in my lifetime, in my 27 years, I'm going to be 28 next month. I've lived in the UK since I was seven years old. So in the 20 years I've lived in the UK, 
you know, the seven years in Jamaica, I don't remember much of that. I have never seen so many strikes as we have been seeing this year. And I don't believe the strikes are ending. I believe next year there's going to be some more strikes. And I think what this has shown me is that the people are tired. We are tired. Because interestingly enough, we never really had strikes much in 2020 when we had COVID in 2021. But I do feel like all the effects of everything that has been snowballing has really just gotten to a point where the people are tired. Royal Mail striking, the train people are striking, we've got TFL striking, Greater Anglia, all those other train lines. If you don't live in the UK, you're probably wondering what she's talking about. But essentially, a lot of the train lines that we have across the UK have been striking. And for various reasons, and sometimes I one thing I've learned is to take what you read in the media with a pinch of salt because it's not always accurate. Sometimes there is an agenda, sometimes it's bias. So it's a little bit difficult sometimes to kind of gauge what is the truth and what is not. But essentially they're striking. Nurses have also been striking as well. The strikes happened earlier this week. Who else is striking? So we've had nurses, we've had Royal Mail, post, oh gosh, Yes, Royal Mail has been striking. The transport has been striking. Teachers. Well, one thing I do remember, though, growing up, teachers would strike annually. There would always be a teacher strike every year. I remember there always being a strike. And I thought that was excessive. And that was only one strike a year. But also teachers are striking, too. And I understand it. As much as it's an inconvenience sometimes with the services, especially like Royal Mail and the transport, I understand why the people are striking and I empathise with that. I definitely think that a lot of the public sector jobs that we have in the UK do not pay as much as they should. They don't pay a true living wage. Some may say, yes, they pay the national living wage and more, but a true living wage is definitely questionable. And I understand If we're truly in a situation where you have nurses that are needing to use food banks and teachers that are needing to use food banks, public sector workers in general needing to use food banks, that really just shows that the system is very much broken. But I don't want this to turn into a political rant. It's been a crazy year. There's been a lot of uncertainty. And I feel like for me personally, this year has been such a blur. There's a lot of things that I thought that I was over this year. Okay, not a lot, I'm exaggerating. There's one thing in particular, one one area of my life that I thought that I was over it this year. I thought I was completely healed from it. But this year has shown me that at certain points where I've been triggered with seeing certain things online and being confronted with certain things in person, it's shown me that there are still areas that I need to heal. And one day this will make more sense when I actually say exactly what I'm talking about. But the point that I'm making and something that I've learned is that healing takes time. Sometimes we think that we're going to heal straight away, it's immediate, it's going to happen overnight, but it takes time. And that's definitely something that I have been learning. And I've, I've learned this year to give myself the space and the grace and the time that I need to truly heal. Because there's no point in me trying to rush something deceiving myself that oh I'm over it when I'm not because at some point something is going to trigger me and then I'm going to then realize oh yeah maybe there's there's still some work to do here so I've definitely learned that healing takes time it's not always going to be an overnight thing it's not always going to be in six months or one year sometimes depending on how deep that issue is and all the different nuances that it has it can take longer just segueing a little bit another thing that I've learned this year as well is about my capacity and my limits as a human, as a person. Although I might have the desire to do everything at once, to work on multiple projects, 
My ability to do this effectively is limited and this year I've really had to take a step back on certain things that I wanted to do and really just pause it and park it there. For example, my YouTube channel. I really wanted to, you know, focus on growing that this year, creating content for YouTube. I've had to park that. I think I had to park that in the first quarter because I just didn't have the capacity to do it. And weirdly, well, I guess, I don't know if that's weird or good, my YouTube channel has still been growing, people are still watching it, especially from my ancestry video and also another video that I found has been quite popular is about the signs of a toxic workplace. That one has been resonating, people are still commenting and I'm like, oh wow, okay, I, I uploaded this video well over a year ago. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things that I really, really wanted to work on developing this year. I wanted to try to hit that 1k subscribers, but even though I've not been posting, I actually have 300 subscribers as I, as I last saw, I think a couple of weeks ago, which I'm really shocked about because I've not really been posting anything. But if you are here from YouTube, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and watching my videos. And I do hope to get back to it next year. But like I said, my capacity is limited and I'm learning to kind of be okay with that. There's also been other projects that I've had to kind of just end them. I didn't want to, but I realized that I just didn't have the time, capacity and the resource to continue. And something that I've realized about myself is that I struggle to let things go in the sense of when something has come to an end, it's very difficult for me to come to that reality that this is over or this needs to end right now. You need to leave this. You need to let it go. I find it very difficult to do that. And I'm sure I'm not the only person. If you can relate, then you let me know. But I'm sure I'm not the only person. And even I'll give you an example of my book club. That's something that I started in 2020. And for the probably, to be honest, I think at the beginning of this year, I wanted to kind of, I was thinking, I'm giving it one more year. And if things don't develop in the way that I believe it should, I'm just going to end this for now. But I continued, I prodded on. And I just kind of got to this stage where it was like, I was just dragging myself along. And I knew that I just needed to end that project, but I didn't want to because I don't like the idea of quitting or giving up or failing, but I had to. And in the moment I made that decision and I reached out to the ladies to let them know, do you know what, I'm going to end this right now, but maybe it's something we'll resume in the future. And one thing I'm grateful for is that the book club really helped me to develop the habit of reading. You'll know that habits is something I talk about a lot on this podcast, but something I really wanted to do when I initially started the book club was to develop the habit of reading. Because as a child, I loved reading. I would read so many books. I'd get books out in the library. But as I got older, I just didn't really read anymore. And I wanted to get back into that habit. So that's definitely something I'm happy for, that the book club allowed me, having that accountability allowed me to get back into that habit of reading, allowed me to kind of revive that passion and that joy that I do get from reading. So I'm very grateful for that. And also the relationships that I was able to develop as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But it was time to come to an end and perhaps maybe sometime in the near future, it will be something that I bring back, but with some help. <laughs> so it won't just be me running it on my own. One of the vital lessons that I've learned, something I've learned to value more of because it's definitely something I didn't value much, um, especially in my early 20s, is the importance of family and community. I think this year has really kind of drilled into me the importance of family and community. And I've really learned to be more intentional with my family. I think also for me, having the opportunity to 
go and visit my mum and my sister abroad, it really, and also seeing some of my other siblings as well, it really kind of reminded me of, do you know what, family is really important. And especially where my family is kind of all spread out all over the world, I don't have a lot of immediate family here in the UK. It's made me appreciate that even more, appreciate them even more. And also it means that I have to be more intentional with reaching out, with speaking with them so that I can keep that relationship going, even if it's not a case of I can pop down and see them, you know, in an hour. That's not the reality for me, but just making more of an effort. And that's definitely something that I've learned to value more this year because I didn't value it much before, I'll be really honest, but I've really learned to value family. Life is just so short. Thankfully, it's not been a situation where I've learned this lesson through a tragedy, but I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to spend time with my family, to just be with them. I've learned new things about them. I've also learned things about myself. And it's funny when you get around your family, sometimes you can make those connections with maybe habits that you have or things that you were unsure of. When you get around them and you spend time with them, you can start identifying similarities that you have. Maybe in the way that you deal with things or the way that you speak or or your hobbies or even differences as well. And I think that's one of the beauty of family. We don't choose our family, but we can choose to be intentional in having a healthy relationship with them. And of course, it's not a one-sided thing. It runs both ways. And I do know that many people struggle with their family, you know, with toxic relationships and a lot of drama. So I do know that it's definitely easier said than done. But if you have the opportunity to, make an effort. Don't wait for a tragedy to do that. Because I think that's one of the worst times because then you have the sense of guilt and, you know, those what ifs and, oh, it's, it's just not... a a nice place to be in. Something else I've learned, and definitely more recently, guys, is that no matter how bad a situation may feel in the moment, it isn't the end of the world. Like, when you fail or you get disappointing news or something happens, or maybe you're mistreated, in that moment, it just feels like it's the end of the world. But it's not. Like, I recently got some bad news a few weeks ago. I didn't pass my coursework. I'll just say what it is. And in that moment, guys, I was so disappointed. I cried. I was like, oh, why? Why did this have to happen? And I think what made it worse for me was the fact I was so close to the past mark. But after I had my cry and something that has helped me is just release the emotions. Release them. Don't hold them in. Don't suppress them. If you need to cry, just cry. Cry and let them out. Of course, in a healthy way. Don't be beating no one up if you're angry or frustrated. No. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it is important to release your emotions, especially for someone like me, who for many years suppressed my emotions. I never dealt with them in a healthy way. I would just kind of ignore them and keep moving, which is not healthy. I do not recommend. But I just kind of learned, you know what, release the emotions. I did my cry. You know, I let out how I felt. I spoke about it to my friends, my husband. And then it was kind of like, okay. And my mom as well. I messaged her. Bless her. And then I was just like, okay, do you know what? It's not the end of the world. Yes, this is going to make my next couple of weeks difficult because I have two things I need to be working on, but it's not the end of the world. And I'm not going to allow this moment to ruin everything that I've been working to build. And I just had to remind myself that, you know what? This isn't the end of the world. God forbid I don't want this to happen, but let's say I was to fail my course. It's not the end of the world. It's going to hurt. There's the L of the money I've spent you know, there's that element of shame, but it's not the end of the world. And I think sometimes we just have to remind ourselves that, that the problems that we go through, the challenges that we face, it is not the end of the world. 
it isn't. It may feel that way. It may feel like your world is falling apart. And maybe it is. But if you're alive, where there's life, there's hope. That's what I strongly believe. And and though the situation may not seem that way, it may look pretty bleak, um, it's not the end of the world. And I had to remind myself of that. Sometimes we need to take our own advice. As I, whenever I go through something difficult, sometimes I say to myself, what would I advise someone else? What would I tell them to do? Okay, so I need to take my own advice. And sometimes we have to do that. It's easy to give advice, but sometimes we need to take our own advice. One of the key things that I really want to stress and I wanted to share with you guys in this episode, because it's something I've been seeing a lot lately. It's also something I'm guilty of doing myself too. When making decisions, don't allow any of these four things that I'm going to say to be the foundation of your decisions. Fear, shame, desperation, or comparison. Whether it's the fear, I'll use relationships as an example, whether it's the fear of being alone, whether it's the fear of not being able to have children and you need to rush into a relationship, whether it's the fear of not having someone that's going to love you or being accepted, the fear of rejection, shame, the shame of maybe the stigma of being divorced or being alone or, I don't know, having children, being a single mother. I don't know what the shame may be. Shame is so different and so personal. But don't allow shame or even people shaming you. Because sometimes when you're in certain positions in your life or you're not in a certain position in your life, the people around you can highlight that and they can add elements of shame of, oh, why aren't you there yet? Or why hasn't this happened to you or for you yet? But don't allow shame to be the foundation of your decision. Naturally, these things are going to come to us. We're human. We're going to feel these things. But don't allow it to be the foundation of your decision. Also, desperation. Desperation to get with someone quickly so you're not alone or so that the, the clock doesn't run out on you because you feel like time is ticking. Or even with in relation to your career, perhaps you feel quite desperate. Desperate that you need to get to a certain position quickly. And so you make decisions in haste out of that desperation, which probably isn't the best and wisest decisions for you to make in that moment. And also comparison. Sometimes we're not honest enough with ourselves when we allow these things to influence our decisions. And to be fair, sometimes it's very subconscious. You don't realize you're doing it. And sometimes it's in hindsight that when you look back, you realize, oh yeah, it was the fear. It was because I was afraid. It was because I felt that pressure from others or even the pressure that I placed on myself. I was desperate. Admitting these things to ourselves is so hard. It's really difficult. Having to face yourself and be real and honest and, and take that accountability for your own decisions, boy, that is not easy. Don't allow these four things to be the foundation of your decisions. And as I'm saying it to you, guys, I am saying it to myself. Because I've made decisions out of desperation, especially in terms of my career. I felt desperate and it was like, oh, boom, I'm just going to go for that. In hindsight, I've definitely regretted any decisions that I have made out of these four things I've come to regret. So those were just a couple of life lessons that I've learned this year. And also to wrap up, I just want to share a couple of things that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my husband. He has been so supportive this year. He has shown me a love I never imagined that I could have. He's really showed me love embodied in a person. And I'm so grateful for this man. He has shown me that there are really good men out there. (laughs) And ladies, I encourage you, if you, 
you know, are desiring to be in a relationship, there are good men out there. Don't let the social media streets or your experiences make you feel that there isn't. Of course, there is a lot of bad apples, okay? Not just men, but women too, I know. But there are good men out there. There are good women out there too, okay? So don't allow what you see, don't allow your eyes or even your experiences or your past to hinder you from allowing someone that's going to be suitable to come into your life because a lot of the times we allow our past experiences to be the facts that guide our lives but it's not always the case so I'm grateful for him I love him so much and I feel like this year my love for him has grown and I'm just so grateful for him honestly I'm grateful for my friends I'm grateful for my family I'm grateful for my mum my dad I'm grateful for my siblings, my sister. Okay, this list is going to get very exhaustive. I'm so sorry, guys. But I'm grateful for the people that I have in my life that have held me down, that have been so supportive. And even just saying this now, I feel a little bit emotional. And I'm not going to be out here crying on this podcast. But I'm just so grateful. I'm also grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for your support. I'm grateful for those of you that have listened throughout this year, even if this is your first time listening or streaming thank you. Thank you for listening. Sometimes it can be quite difficult to be consistent recording episodes or putting them out. And even sometimes I get, I feel a little bit disappointed when I look at the streams or I look at, you know, the results, the stats. I try not to be so obsessed with those things, but it does make a difference sometimes. I'll be honest. (laughs) Um, But I'm grateful for those of you that have listened throughout this year, that have followed that have shared, that have left your reviews. I'm very much grateful for you. I really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I really hope that this year, no matter how good or bad it's been for you, I pray that 2023 is going to be a great year for you. It might not be filled with just positive and great moments and wins. There may be some losses, but whatever happens, I hope that you are gonna remember that it's no matter what happens, it's not the end of the world. Where there's life, there is hope okay? Also, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, if you have a story to tell, something that you want to share with us, you want to share your pearls or your perils with us, then definitely get in touch with me and we can have a conversation and see if it will be a great fit for the podcast. But don't be shy. If you have a story to share, maybe about dating, relationships or life or career or whatever, don't be shy. Reach out. And lastly, in the show notes, you'll see a link to the Mr. Mrs questionnaire. So this questionnaire just has a couple of things, a couple of questions for you guys, but also to know importantly what topics you want to hear in 2023. And also, if you'd like to be a guest on a Mr. Mrs. episode, you know, maybe you want to share your dating experience or relationship experience, then reach out. I want to speak to you. Don't be shy. But again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Have a happy new year. Have a great Christmas. I hope you enjoy the last couple of days of this year. I'm going to be back with you guys in January 2023. It sounds so weird saying this, right? If you've enjoyed this episode, share it. Share it with a friend. Share it on your Instagram stories or whatever, or whatever platform you've listened on. Share it with a friend because maybe somebody needs to hear this episode. And if it's helped you, if it's inspired you in some way, you've enjoyed it, I'm sure your friends or your family will enjoy it too. Have a great rest of your week. Have a great rest of your year. I don't know what I just did there, guys. <laughs> but honestly, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. And I will be back with you guys in the new year. All the best and lots of love. <laughs>